This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley underbelly secret society dive bar style podcast of and about the seattle mariners that you are listening to right here on the odyssey app or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from apple spotify it don't matter you're right here again thanks for liking subscribing if you haven't done that click on that like click on that subscribe and follow also if you don't have the odyssey app go ahead and you know, download that thing and check it out. There's lots of other shows on there, not just rye bread and mustard. It's not just 10,000 rye bread and mustard episodes. I wish, but no, that's not the case. Anyways, this is our first episode here on the app. Uh, I guess we could call this season two. I don't know. It's episode 50 something. I think we got 54, 55. Uh, I mean, Judge got more home runs than we had episodes last year, but still we had a lot of episodes. We are now starting our off-season program. This is what you're listening to. We have actually not talked to each other about baseball in a couple of weeks. I'm specifically talking about Hannah and Edmonds, who is on this episode with me. We just talk a little bit about where we left off and oh, what has been happening or not happening since you know that third out in game three against houston we're just picking up where we think this team needs to go from where they left off mainly on the offensive uh, position player end on this episode next episode we'll try to get a little bit more into the pitchers we also talk about uh, a lot of this drama with winker you know the press conference and we also talk about how the Mariners were penalized yesterday by the NFL towards the end of this episode. So it's just me and Hanno reconnecting right here on the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast that you're listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're listening to these things. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up so you can get into the next episode of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast off-season edition extravaganza starting about now. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. Hello. 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 You still doing a podcast? I wasn't sure. I was about to hang it up here. We're 11 minutes late in the season two. It's already <laughs> off to a beautiful start. <laughs> I thought you said 930, man. Oh, no, we went over this hours ago. I was giving you the 10 o'clock 
option. Thought you needed it to be prepared. No, no ten o'clock. There's no games. There's nothing to talk about. Let's see. We only got about forty more minutes left. Oh yeah. What do you want to? Are you on a? Uh, are you in a tight schedule now that you're on? That you're you're an Odyssey app artist. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh. Well. When's the last time we talked? It hasn't been long enough after the way the night started. Okay, well, I'll answer that fucking question. Uh, for well, the last time we actually talked was going into Game Three of the uh, ALDS. We know this is uh, this episode's about two weeks too late, but we're not going to really spend any time on that. Yes, we're back. It it was a little too devastating, wasn't it? I mean, I had food and drink. <laughs> you didn't after the seventh, so I would assume you were roughing it. Yes, uh, yes. After that was a pretty that was pretty rough down there. After you know, after the seventh inning stretch, you could not get a cocktail. Um, not that I wasn't doing a lot of heavy drinking that day. I don't think a lot of people were. I think people were, you know, more into the game. It wasn't like a typical Saturday afternoon game where you just go down to Edgar's and you know. You know, just keep them coming. But, uh, you know, you, you had a few drinks before. Definitely had that NFL crowd uh, to to it, you know. So, I mean, it, it, did, it did evaporate the energy in that building. I will say that. Yeah, it was really loud. I mean, what inning did you throw your shoe on your head? Oh, God. I'm never doing that. Don't even bring that shit. I hope that shit goes away. You know what? I hope that shit goes away. We'll get into some of the things that maybe we're going to start talking about here on our off-season program. It is the morning of the 1st of November 2022. Yeah, the World Series is still going on, but you know what? We, we've had enough. Okay, we had a contractual obligation to do an episode right now. We were going to wait until maybe after the World Series, but you know what? We're getting a head start on the Mariners season because I'm excited for this off season, aren't you? Yeah, it's going to be a great off season. We're going to sign every free agent we want. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to get, you know, the guy, you know, somebody's got to get up off their wallet. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to, uh, you know, break out that card. Hopefully, that's going to happen. We'll talk about that. What on, the, you know, more episode on some episodes. We'll talk about that on, you know, some future episodes. Do some deep dives and hypotheticals. I think today's just kind of like what's going on since, uh, you know, game three. A lot of a lot a lot kind of happened right afterwards, but it, now we feel like the. Mariners, for the most part, uh, the news has slowed down. So we've digested it. We've kind of strayed off into watching football or, for me, getting back into some wrestling. Uh, but uh, let's talk about some of the shit that's went down. Yeah, before we do, did you happen to hear the, uh, the call from the Houston broadcast on that Jeremy Pena game-winning home run? I did not. I was in the stands of, like, destroying my bladder, not going to the bathroom in case I'd missed anything. Yeah, I don't know if many people have talked about it, but it was, you know, your normal home run call there. Drive by Jeremy Pena, deep to left, and it's gone. Home run. See us rise. They were clowning those Houston Astros broadcasters. They did, huh? They they did a see us rise, just like how we 
Seahawks fan will do the let's ride kind of thing. Yeah, it was pretty cold-blooded. I didn't, nobody seems like they've talked about it, though. I'm, no, I'm surprised. I, I didn't. I mean, after the game, I went outside, made some phone calls, pouted, had a drink, had a hot dog, and I walked all the way to Queen Anne. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was that was I was very that was a tough that was a tough loss. But again, yes, we're we're, we're moving on now and we're looking, you know, forward since, you know, the, the third out in that game. Uh We've had a uh, we've had a couple of things happen. One, let's do the thing that's most recent. We had a, a signing already uh, to the Mariners. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, um, Mariners signed a Kansas City pitcher. Um, it's in that show notes that I got. What is his name again, Myron Weaver? Yeah, so the guy that was doing that really stupid standoff that we talked about with uh yep. Robbie Ray oh before God. the uh we signed him and uh dropped a guy from our uh triple A team. Um I can't place his name right now but he cleared waivers so he's back on the roster his but name yeah is so who, who gives a shit, right? So yeah, I, I <laughs> I've heard I've heard about this guy. Uh, again, let's let's point out this is the guy that also got ejected with Robbie Ray when they had a Star Spangled Banner uh, salute to the American flag off, right? So it was like they they just kept their uh, caps over their hearts and kept their attention to the flag. Um, after uh, the uh, national anthem ended, they did not stop their competition and it got to a point to where they couldn't get them to go get back in their dugouts to the point that the umpires ejected them both. But nonetheless, Robbie Ray still won. Exactly. And this guy uh, from Kansas City had some trouble. High draft pick back in the day by, I believe, the Diamondbacks. Um, then was dealt to um, Kansas City, obviously. Um, had high outside. And he's a guy that I think, you know, maybe might be one of those guys that the Mariners can uh, get right and um, possibly be another bullpen guy. He also started in his career. So maybe if we get uh, either rid of via trade some of our, you know, five and six starters, or maybe he's a guy that can be that six starter that they're talking about, you know, in case for, Injury that we were lucky enough not to have this year. Maybe he's one of those guys, but uh, just a signing. But we'll see. It's 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 promising, though. We'll see what the Mariners can do. They sure have, uh, you know, done really well with developing some pitchers. Right. I mean, that all sounds great to me, but I'm always going to think of him as the guy that did the stupid stance <laughs> stare off with Ray, and also. Just remembering that day that the Mariners blew a gargantuan, gargantuan lead, which was pretty fucking painful. Absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, I agree with you there. It's starting lineup talking baseball, and you're in control. Roger, fastball, one inside. You got control 40 superstars. Make Roger Clemens throw a fastball or a curve. Have Dave Winfield punt or hit for power. A real announcer calls the action. Winfield waits. Hold it. 
Well, kid. Starting lineup talking baseball. What they do is up to you. You know what? Let's get into the Winker stuff right now. I mean, obviously, uh, Jesse Winker, if there was anybody that was, you know, mentioned on our podcast here through our first season of doing this, it, it'd probably be Jesse Winker, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it started off really early with, you know, your 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 friends that you sit with as season tickets, that was their guy, and then it just kind of evolved as we got to see him play and you know got to see really what he was as a fielder and how really terrible he was out in left field yeah yeah shout out to mike and marissa they did at the beginning of the year remember they had all the it was uh uh what's that show on hbo i don't watch that show it's one of the uh lord of the ring no it's not lord of the ring what's that what's what's not lord of the rings but what is it anyways it was one of those uh references uh for winker uh yes we got to see kind of how sloppy he could play the outfield and you know going to a lot of games this year on the road and up in seattle uh you know you notice a lot of the stuff that people do in between innings like sometimes just like when he would be on deck i swear he wasn't paying attention to the, the pitcher just be like in his own zone maybe that's the way he does it maybe it's the way he always did it but you know it wouldn't hurt him to sit there and time up the pitcher yeah i mean when you have such a you know he was highly regarded coming in here had a really good season the previous year and then came here with high expectations and you pretty much fall on your face defensively offensively you know take a huge step backwards yeah everything's ridiculed and unfortunately that was his year this year for him yeah and uh you know it was very strange that what ryan divish was talking about in his seattle times article which we could get into here in a second i'll ask you a little bit about that but it was kind of echoing some of the stuff we'd been saying all year like hey what's with the weird throws not hitting the cutoff a lot of the basic basic stuff that if you're not physically skilled if you're not fast these are the things that you have to do right that's what the cutoff guy is there is to not expose a terrible throwing arm you know that's a big part of it oh absolutely and then the way the season ended is really the story for me um not only being on the playoff roster i mean that says enough in itself but not being around and then not really being forthcoming from the organization really saying what the deal is. Yeah, they said he had a neck injury, but then after this, Ryan Divish, um, you know, radio interview came out and they had their final um, uh, post or uh, press conference through the organization of the uh, management and they said he had a knee injury and surgery. So, I mean, why not come out and say that at that time as well? So it, it was really a funny, funky ending, in my opinion, to the season of where's Winker and why is nobody talking about it? Yeah, it it just was a bit alarming. All of a sudden, he had this neck thing, but I swear I saw him in game 162 out there doing high fives, which I said on here. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was a Winker doppelganger, but uh and yeah, once you really get into this Divish article or the excerpts from it that everybody knows, or if you don't know, like the main ones were that 
the clubhouse grew tired of his act. Um, he there was another report that what he refused to play and or just didn't want to play or, or whatever in game one sixty two. But then we hear about this injury, um, and then again, yeah, the the lack of effort of I guess the the pregame, uh, what you put in outside of just playing the game. Yeah, I mean, it's been highly uh, talked about that the Mariners are kind of a, maybe not a different team, but they're a team that works really hard before games on fundamentals and does things and kind of has their routine. And like you said, Winker really never took a part of it. And then, you know, you're talking about him not being available for the last games. I mean, my recollection of him was hitting that three-run homer and uh, I think either the second to last or last series of the year and then um, coming up and then not being available. And then in that Divish article, like you said, they talked about him not being available for that doubleheader against Detroit. And, you know, that's, you know, 18 innings of baseball that guys had to play and they were hot about it, you know. So it's just not showing a good teammate, I guess. And um, it bothered people. So. It's unfortunate, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, going through and listening to their post game or their press conference at the end of the year, you know, they're expecting Winker to be back and better and they expect him and know that he had a tough year, but it's hard to say with how things and how the team thinks about him if he's if they're just blowing smoke to us to keep him, you know, as a possible trade guy or what, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, happens with uh, old Jesse Winker. (laughs) I think it's two things. One, they want to get rid of him. Okay. You know this. Come on. And two, they want to sell him that he's, he's not complete damaged goods. And the other part of that is, and if we can't to the Mariners fans, they want to go, Nope, Nope. He was all right. We're giving him another try. So I think it was definitely a PR job. And also, too, they don't want to put out a message like, hey, we, we don't throw our own under the bus, even if that may be true. No doubt. That's very much a possibility. I mean, it's hard to say about the guy. You know, it's hard to, you know, leave him and it's hard come to a different organization. He's never played more than like 130 games. He's never had those expectations. Maybe his neck and knee injury were a bigger thing. Who knows? Um, It's hard to say, but, you know, either way, all I look forward to is either him improving quite a bit or the Mariners getting a player to replace him and improving. All I care about is that the Mariners improve. So, irregardless, I think Jesse Winker, if he's with Seattle or another team next year, I believe he'll have a better year than he had this year. Yeah, I mean, you can't have a worse one or you just won't be in the league. Oh, yeah, but I I agree with that, but it's not like he's going to be a guy that's – he has a track record. He's not going to be sent down to the minors. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll get we'll be back on Winker. We're you know he's just our guy. I mean, for the love of God, he has an episode on a, one of our episodes that is titled after him. I think it was When Winker When. Well, that never really came to fruition. And I do want to say I think the funniest thing said about him uh, was by Divish, <laughs> by Divish, I believe, and he said his biggest. Two contributions to the team were starting a fight and eating a pizza. 
which is a bit yeah, of an I mean, exaggeration, but you know, he, he did have a couple of walk offs, I think, and he had a grand slam, you know, to end his season. He had, you know, moments that, you know, really, you know, yanked our chain of going, Okay, is this when he's gonna this is it. He's he's heating up. He's had like two or three good games. He had one little stretch of a good, you know, two week run, but he never got that lawnmower going. No, not at all. I mean, nothing ever consistent or nothing ever enough where you could say he's hot yeah. at all. And guys that also had rough years or rough uh, stretches got it going for a little bit. Frazier got it going for a while, and he got it going for us in the postseason, too, for a bit. You know, uh, you look at... Well, the first series, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's uh, <laughs> much more than the Winker was doing. Uh you also had guys like even like Mitch Haniger, you know, banged up all year, still, you know, never got it going, but he did have stretches where he could get it going there for a little bit. You've seen the other guys that we've talked about over and over come back from the minors, get it going. Everybody had their moment in the sun. Ty France, you know, we didn't hear much from him in the second half of the season, but in the first half of the season, you know, he really had it going on. So, I mean, everybody, even Taylor Trammell for a second had it going on. Even Kelnick on his on his way back up, which, no, nah, all right, I'm going to stop right there. And you know what, I, I'm going to redact <laughs> Taylor Trammell. But what I'm saying is, like, he never had more than a week to a week and a half of, of good baseball out of him. Yeah, and if you lose the fans with lack of effort and preparation, I mean, you're cooked. So Lou Pinella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? There's something good under the sun. Sun Giant almonds. said we've we've kicking a dead horse with this guy who's he's obviously not subscribed he's probably not giving us a five tool five star review you know he's he's not turning on the odyssey app looking for us or looking anywhere else you can get this podcast uh you know with episodes coming out every tuesday that's not going to be winker but maybe we are going to have some new additions to possible topics players and maybe listeners maybe listeners what else was interesting about that press conference to you um i i, I thought it was interesting how they kind of came off the jp train about he's our shortstop uh they they did say that but in the previous year they were pretty adamant about it this time they i felt they kind of left the door open to if there was a possibility of getting one of the big four guys or an upgrade at shortstop that, you know, maybe that is a possibility instead of being so adamant that JP's our shortstop no matter what. If another guy comes, we move in the second. So that that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Yeah, it did. And the, again, perfectly done in a PR way, right? You know? They oh, they are masters, especially Jerry DePoto, the way he manipulates words and says things. I mean, he is fantastic with the media. He... He never says never, you know, he never says never. 
That's not a possibility. I know that he does like flexibility in his players, and so does Scott. Like, if you can play more than one position, if you can hit from either side of the plate, you know, they are they favor that over a, a lot of things, it seems like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could see it the way that we needed that flexibility with, you know, guys getting banged up late and the way the team, you know, they like the way it was manufactured with guys playing different positions, coming in at different times of the games with things. So, yeah, that's a uh, – Justin Hollander made a specific uh, statement during that press conference about how big of a year. And Justin, Hollander, and Justin Hollander is who? He's the he's the new GM. Okay, back to Haggerty. Sorry. Yeah, um, he mentioned how Haggerty and Demo were huge for this team this year with injuries and just the way they sparked the team, played multiple positions, you know, and were able to uh, really. I mean, in the way he mentioned Haggerty, you know, actually got really hot and carried the team for a week or two, you know, maybe even a little more. So yeah. I mean, Haggerty uh, being injured turned out to be that really big blow. It felt like, especially in the playoffs, especially when we just needed to, you know, get one run across in that 18 inning game. You know, that's that's where this guy is so deadly. You know, even very clutch at the plate, real smart baseball IQ, can run. Uh, you know, and then you don't have another guy really like that. I mean, Toro is supposed to be like that, but it, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't blossomed yet. I'm not sure if it will, but it, it just hasn't, it hasn't blossomed yet. Uh, so with that being said, um, you know, I do feel like the way they did that, that, you know, Hey, JP's already been paid like shortstop. I've been hearing this. If he has to move over. You know, it's it's this thing. If you are this team leader and you are all about the W, and look, second base is going to be a, a position that you have to be athletically gifted to cover a lot of ground again. Now that the shift is being eliminated, I, I could see JP just from the character that he's shown, uh, you know, sweetening up to that. If you could get the right person in there at shortstops, got to be somebody though that he wants to play with. Yeah, I mean, uh, as long as it makes them a better team, I feel like JP's a team guy and we'll be okay with him, like you said. With a shift changing, I mean, that's going to bring out JP's athleticism on the other side of the diamond, let's say, you know, which will help. And um, I think these guys, you know, they got a taste of the playoffs. I mean, it's it's awesome, you know. As fans know how exciting and how much juice there is the players feel the same way they want to get back and if they if it helps them get back i think jp's all for it like i said i think he's a team guy so and those you know big four shortstops are question or no question to me a better shortstop than jp crawford yeah and i was also gonna say couldn't they just go and find a second baseman or trade for a second baseman i've believe i believe gene segura playing in the world series for the phillies former mariner i think his contract is up at the end of this year or he can become a free agent so yeah he's the number one free agent second baseman out there it's really a kind of a poor class as far as free agent second baseman so yeah i mean 
yeah, that's, you know, you, it really is a big drop off after that. So like you said, maybe a trade. I mean, he plays shortstop. I don't even know why I'm calling him a second baseman. That's that's he's plays shortstop for the Phillies. But I would say if you had JP and you'd have Segura, it's it's a no brainer that of who's more gifted at shortstop, even with JP's numbers kind of uh, you know taking a little bit of a dive from the year before. He's still a better uh, range player, all around better defensive shortstop. Don't you think? Oh, and Segura, probably, you know, the Segura thing is just really funny, you know, because he was dealt to Philly where he plays now, you know, and it was all about the big fight and the disagreements and the combativeness in the clubhouse between him and D. Gordon. So who knows if that, I mean, that was during the Jerry DePoto era, so who knows if that soured um, his thoughts on Segura. So that's definitely something to consider if they were to want to spend a lot of money on a big time second base and free agent to bring him back here when he's the guy that they know might have a crappy attitude it's hard to say yeah it is hard to say and the fight you're referring to is when him and d gordon uh had i believe it was a disagreement over a uh a uh a dropped or not called fly ball i don't know had something to do with something like that or maybe there was other stuff they must have said things to each other, challenged each other, or irritated each other enough that D. Gordon asked the press to leave the locker room, and they proceeded to have a fight. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, they're around each other all the time. Fights happen, you know. It's just, it's just hard for me to believe that they would want to bring in something or someone possibly that maybe has a character flaw because this team is so tight. You know, and and that's all they talk about as far as the Mariners, how they just have gelled and they're really pulled for each other. And if there is kind of some friction or something off with Gene Segura, maybe that's a guy that they stay away from. That's that's just a, a possible thought. I don't really know, though, you know. I'll take the other side of the coin just, just for the sake of conversation. You know, Gene Segura, excellent hitter, all-star hitter, also threw me a baseball, and I caught it. So, you know, there's a star right there. Oh, another thing, when this happened, look, same coach, same GM. Uh, you know, they traded him. They kept D. Gordon around here, but maybe they just couldn't move D. Gordon. And uh, maybe at that time, Segura had some issues. Uh, that was a few years ago. He's been on a team where he's been a leader, a bona fide leader, um, still hitting which the mariners really need and maybe you could bring him back because when you think about it maybe there's some friction in the clubhouse but who's there still who's there i think mitch hanniger from that that group of people i mean everybody else in the infield ty eugenio uh crawford toro dylan moore i don't know if dylan moore was around when that was going on this is a whole different different uh clubhouse he'd be walking back into yeah, and the Mariners stunk then, too, so that's also a factor. <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. I mean, I've, I mean, we'll see who, who's, you know, getting paid what. There's a lot of shortstops. Obviously, we're going to dig deeper into that in, in these episodes here in November once once a free agency starts. Uh, so check, check your listings. Check your podcast listings for that one. Um, <laughs> but... You know, this is, we're just kind of jumping in here a little bit. I think that's where we 
the obvious is feel is okay there's all these shortstops we need a middle infielder we need a middle infielder fielder that can hit specifically and somebody that you know can still play defense to a mariner standard which we are one of the better defending teams if not the best defending team in baseball we also though use the shift the most so now with the shift being gone on defense, you know, I think you do have to turn to obviously more athletic players as well. So maybe shortstop is the thing that we go and get. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Mariners didn't, uh, uh, you know, look for a second baseman. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, got uh, heavier out in the uh, outfield corners instead of, I mean, as as we go back to that press conference, the Mariners talked about it. You know, Jerry and Justin and Scott, they all, you know, were in agreement that they need some more bats, and it's pretty obvious. And like you said, you pointed out, it's, you know, the positions that are really available are in the corner outfielders. And then, you know, depending on what happens with uh, JP, as far as moving or staying, you know, in a middle infield at, uh, at bat. and I mean, in that Houston series, you could see the difference in quality players up and down the lineup. And the Mariners talked about lengthening their lineup. I mean, the Astros are, they have a longer lineup than the Mariners do. And uh, um, to catch them and get near them, you're going to have to get some guys that can hit. And that's, I mean, if that is the goal. And if it doesn't happen the way that, you know, you, me, and the rest of the fans, want it to this offseason it's people are going to be barking and i think you're going to see it i just think maybe you we might see it in ways that are a little unconventional or not how exactly we've seen it we've seen jerry do this this all the entire time i'm sure justin is you know in line with what jerry wants as well um i feel like you know, a name we keep be getting linked to in a position that we have, you know, Carlos Santana uh, at is that DH play first base when needed um, switch hitting, you know, guy where there's a guy who might cost a little bit of money, but I have seen a lot of like internet talk and a lot of social media talk and even some of these uh, talking heads on YouTube, uh, kind of saying that this Josh Bell could be a good fit for the Mariners. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Younger seems to be uh, uh, have a better average. I think he had pretty close to what Santana had as uh, home runs, you know, around, what, just under 20 or so. But, uh, yeah, he would be a great guy that could, you know, switch hit and DH, could spell France, you know. I mean, I, I'm with you there. That would be a nice little pickup. It's hard like, to say what he would cost. Yeah, I believe he plays like three positions, right? Doesn't he play first, some outfield, and some third? Is that is that correct? Like left field, third base, and first base? He probably had. I know he was predominantly just first and and DH this year for the uh, for the Nats and then the Padres when he got traded. But back in his Pittsburgh days, I think you're right. Yeah. So I mean. Also, you're not getting a guy that has not been around. I mean, uh, you know, switch hitter, you know, seems to hit in the high twos, low threes. 
you know, it seemed like he was in a platoon situation there in San Diego when the playoffs started. But, I mean, once you get to these playoff games, it's all about matchups. You really can't look at that, you know, and base it over 162 games, I don't think, as much. But, uh, you know, I, 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 that's just one of the names I saw. I saw a situation where they were saying, like, Carlos Santana could go back to Cleveland for a one-year deal, which would be a good fit, and and Bell come here and sign, like, a three-year deal. And I was like, that doesn't seem too bad. Also, you know, that's just another situation with, you know, there's thinking, like, how Yankees and these other big market teams that seem much more cold-blooded than, you know, the Mariners and the way that they hold on to people and want them to develop. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to trade good players and fan favorites to get great players. And that's just, that's another possibility that we could possibly see, you know, like with a guy like, if you get a bell, then, you know, then you have a little bit of options with Ty France. Love Ty France. Want him to remain a Mariner. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there there's enough out there that you could move things that people want. I think there's the untouchables like Kirby, Logan, uh, obviously the guys that we just signed, the Julios. I don't think you can part ways with Eugenio because he was just such a big part of the team. And, he and you know, where else are you going to find a third baseman around the league like him? I mean, if you can find somebody better, you hold on to that guy and put him at DH, right? So, and obviously Cal, we're not going to do anything, but obviously I think it's the, you know, second base shortstop area, uh, possibly first base, definitely outfield. I feel like is somewhere you're going to see some additions. I don't, I think with Kelnick chance to make the roster again, but you can't bank on him being your starting, uh, right fielder right now or left fielder. Um, and there's a possibility. I don't think you might not see Mitch. So, I mean, what are all your quick thoughts about that? I know we'll get into it down the road, but just, just a little a little teaser uh, just to see where you're at, Hanno, because I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the Hanager thing is up uh, is an issue, you know. It's, I mean, he uh, hasn't stayed healthy for, you know, two of the last four years, unfortunately. Um, he's a free agent guy who want to get paid. Um, and I'm sure he does, you know, maybe he could come back on a one-year deal if something doesn't, you know, transform out on the free agent market for him. And then I agree with you about Kelnick. You know, you can't go into the season, you know, just penciling him in. I think he could be, you know, a fourth outfielder slash bench guy. You know, you could possibly pencil in depending on what you um, – get in the free agency market, but, you know, maybe he could also win a job. But, you know, I still would rather try to get another outfielder. I know you mentioned that outfielder from Milwaukee. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, and I and chose past to even mention Randy Rosarina possibly in a trade thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios. But like you said, the corner outfielders and up the middle at second base or shortstop. That's where you got to start. And that's why we're here. We're already ready, ready, ready to go. And like I said, probably in the intro, I do the intros though after this. But if you just skip past all that bullshit, we're going to be dropping episodes every Tuesday morning right here on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts, Apple, 
Spotify, Google, Amazon, Audible, Stitcher. You know, I'll, I'll pod this and pod that and cast this and cast that. You're also going to be able to get these episodes on YouTube and coming very soon uh, over on the Odyssey app. We are going to have some, uh, you know, video segments, uh, some high tech shit, right, Hanno? That's what you tell me. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. I'm back down here in Los Angeles. Hanno's up there in Edmonds. But we're going to continue to do this every week. And sometimes there will be bonus episodes every week. But you know what? You don't have to play the guessing game if you like and subscribe and follow. You'll get the updates right to you. There's no there's no middleman. There's no pandering by me. There's no writing it down in the calendar to remember when to look for that episode. You know, that might feature, you know, somebody from television or some players or baseball personalities. Uh, fishermen, singers, you name it, uh, they're going to be here. Um, we're also going to be doing a like Grand Slam. Sorry, we're also going to be doing uh, our uh, Grand Salami Cinema. Uh, or, yeah, it's either going to be Grand Salami Cinema, we still haven't got the name, or Home Run Cinema. Uh, basically, we're going to break down movies i'm gonna have some filmmakers come on here and i think the first one we're gonna do is eight men out so look out for that episode uh that's gonna be a lot of fun got carl tart coming back very soon um and you know just talking baseball take talking seattle mariner centric baseball and just you know this is the time of the year that we can just focus on the game and the culture and maybe some of the other teams you know that usually during the regular season we're so in a vacuum here just on the mariners uh, lots of rules are being uh, uh, possibly changed uh, or cha- being changed. Uh, there's some rumors about Ghost Runners possibly going to come back. I, I think that could be fake news, but uh, you know, Vlad brought that up to me, so we're gonna f- <laughs> we're gonna go fact check that. Well, you know, we're running out of time here and, you know, we didn't get into the pitchers and the bullpen. Maybe next week, let's lean on that uh, while things develop, while the World Series happens. Still got to talk Mariners business. I'm just, I know that you're a big baseball fan and you're watching the games, but I got to be here talking to M shit. So we'll get into that next week. But before we get out of here, there is one big pressing matter in Mariners land. There's a big, 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 Big penalization for the Mariners uh, that happened yesterday. Why don't you tell us about that, Hanno? Oh, during the Seahawks game? Yes. Yeah. Um, Pete Carroll was uh, doing Pete Carroll things on the sideline when he moved onto the field of play. The referee ran into him, and he was uh, flagged for that, for being on the field, and the uh, – during during the call, the referee making the call of what the flag was about, he mentioned that the uh, the foul was on the Seattle Mariners, not the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> so you could go watch this clip because I've seen it a couple times. It's pretty funny. Just watching Pete Carroll, who's you know a big fan of the Mariners and what they've been doing, and a big supporter. It's funny that you you go from the all the energy that the Mariners were doing with the dancing and just a lot of the antics, and then you 
you go to the Seahawks and it's not so much with the players, it's with the head coach, Pete Carroll. But he's running around down the sideline, like you said, runs into the guy, throws the flag, and then he goes out and announces uh, the Mariners. And I know Mariner land just absolutely loved it. I did. It just made me feel like, oh, they're still there. They're in the site, guys. They're still oh, there. Oh, you're exactly right. It was so good because when has the Mariners ever been, you know, called out like that and, you know, such a mistake? And why would the Mariners be on anybody's mind? I mean, it was exactly. beautiful. It was beautiful. It was on the rye bread and mustard listeners' minds. Again, it's another case of the umpires trying to screw over the Mariners, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You know what? That's what's going to be the title of this episode. That's what That's what I want people to draw in to see why the Mariners were penalized. I think that's the biggest breaking story that we have. I know that we talked about a lot of the shit that we uh, already know as Mariner, like locked in Mariners fans and shit like that. But again, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. But yeah. Yeah. All right. With that said, let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, it is November 1st. First, let's, uh, which means we give a birthday shout out. Shout out to Tanya, November 1st. Happy birthday. Hanno, you know what fucking time it is. Ch-ch-ch-charge. 